Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 311. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football right now. And we got a full slate of guests, guests, co-hosts, co-hosts. Let's go home. Let's be important people. Uh, yeah, it did. Shit, man. Did you guys notice that Blog Talk changed their um, their 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 studio thing? And there's all sorts of pretty colors, like there's bright pink and bright red and all sorts of things on it. Wow. Kind of cool. Okay. Um, so we've had two major developments, two major stories in the CFL in the last two days. Both of them are about quarterbacks. They couldn't be further apart. Well, no, that's not totally true because both of them are no longer playing in the CFL. One for good reasons, sort of, and one for really good reasons. Sort of. Okay, so anyhow, we're going to get both to both of those stories because they're both very important and the entire panel wants to come on and talk about them. Um, but the only thing I've got to say right now is Johnny Manziel, Manziel is really how it's supposed to be pronounced, but everybody says Manziel. Anyhow, he is making Deron Carter look like an angel. How can that possibly happen? Yeah, but it's true. Okay. Um, geez, I got nothing to rant about. I, I really don't. And just football's football. It's happening so fast. We're going to talk about everything that's going on. Is it June yet? Holy shit. I want to watch football. Okay. I'm going to open up the phone board straight across the board here. And the first one up here is a 780 number. That's got to be Chris. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good, good. How about you? I, I've had a very eventful day. A very eventful day. Uh, uh, 30 minutes after I left work today, my bulldozer caught on fire and burned up. Oh, that's always fun. We burned down a grinder a couple months ago. Yeah, it's always fun yeah, when exactly. they get going. When they get when they get the oil going and the, they're pretty much out, uh, not you can't put them out. And you watch actual metal uh, heat up to the point where it's melting and burning. Yeah, well, it didn't get that bad. I don't think anything really. The only thing that happened is it was a hog fuel fire underneath the radiator, and it got so hot it melted yeah. the aluminum radiator. So they got to put a new mm-hmm. $2,500 radiator into this thing, so it's down for at least a week. But it, you know it's bizarre, and, I mean, you, you run equipment, right, or you work around yeah. it? This yeah. is a bulldozer okay. that's got 20,000 hour, original hours on it. Well, it's never been rebuilt. Boy. Never well, been rebuilt. That's it's pretty 20,000 hours. It's just... And then it, it I mean, burns got up. Some, we got some twelve thousand, and those are pretty old. It's a lot of work on those. To keep them going. Yeah, see, yeah, 20, I know. Twenty thousand is well, pretty good. Caterpillar says that it's supposed to be rebuilt at twenty thousand or twelve thousand hours. Finning says somewhere between fifteen and eighteen, it's going to have a catastrophic failure. I'm over <laughs> twenty. <laughs> no, it did have a little bit. Of, well, the hog fuel thing is, is just, you just cannot prevent it. It's like moss or any of that crap that gets built up around oh, yeah. the engine or exhaust. And she, she sparks. There's not a lot you can do unless you can do it quick and you get to it. If you can dig it out while it's on fire, 
Other than yeah. that, though, it just keeps igniting itself. And well, once it gets to the hydraulic oil going. This happens like once a week in the summertime. Okay. It's not unusual. Yeah. We usually have it out. There's a fire hose that's charged and everything else. But at minus 20, what good is a charged yeah. up fire hose? Everything's frozen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Throw that's when we burnt the, the, yeah, we burnt the grinder down in the winter too. And that was the thing. All the fire supplies were all frozen solid. Nobody could get anything going. And a couple of fire extinguishers weren't enough. The fire no, was buried no. under the engine. Yeah. Well, once the hydraulics start going, you're, you're done. And, yeah. and that's just fuel. Um, yeah, actually, I'm looking at a grinder. I'm going to go look at one on Monday. A, a, a tub grinder, Olaf uh, 867. Yeah, this is a Peterson, one of the million-dollar ones, those Petersons on their own the remote control trucks. Yeah, Grind yep. up like asphalt and landfills and stuff. It's one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the, the, the tub grinder is uh, just for grinding uh, bush. Yeah. Making yeah. hog fuel. Yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool. It's, it's really old. And uh, I usually get things really cheap when I find really old ones that have been sitting under a tree. And then I completely rebuild them and make them work. And then yeah, money well, that's the way to go. That's right, because then there's no payments on them. Oh, no payments. No, 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 no. no you yeah. just pay cash for these things. And then uh, it usually yep. the cost of repair is more than what you paid for it. But that's beside the point, because you got it dirt cheap. Anyhow, let's well, talk about football. And it's yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good evening. I'm doing well. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. I'm days. really happy that you guys are all back. Uh, we, Will and yes. I did a show on our own, and hey, it was a pretty good show. It we we lasted. We ran, it. It we ran out of time. We ran out of time. Bizarre. Okay. You know, and you're fit. it's funny. I always find out when I or find when I because sometimes I'll listen back to our shows, and uh, like I listened to your guys' show. Uh, Last week, just the two of you, and you guys did an excellent job, by the way. And, Thank you. Uh, but I always find, because sometimes I'm listening to it in my car, you guys will be talking along, and I'll start, and I'll just find myself start talking like I'm actually on the show at the time, and you guys can actually hear me. It's just kind of funny. You know, there are support groups for people like you. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder what the people in the car next to me look over. That guy's talking to himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're singing away to some 80s tune anyhow, so it's a difference. Well, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. 403, William, come stuff. What's wrong with 80s tunes? Nothing. I love them. Okay. And Charles, you know what, buddy? I hear voices sometimes, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. I talk it's okay to myself to... all the time. It's okay to talk to yourself. It's even okay to answer. But if you argue with yourself, you have to win. No, no. Sometimes okay. I figure, feel when I talk to myself, uh, that's when I get the best conversation. What's well, the only time I talk? Sometimes it's the only time I get an intelligent response. Yeah. It's the only time I get the right answers, so. Yeah. Hard to argue with them. Yep. yep. Mark, you there? I'm here. Hey, everybody. Glad to have and you I back. Contributed, I contributed a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah, you did. I'm not arguing. And, and Todd, say, Todd even barked up once in a while, too. <laughs> and I happened to be on my break at that time. That's why I was able to talk on the phone like that at work. Okay, Will. 
perfectly fine. You can do anything you will you want. <laughs> that was good. You, you know Terry Terry Pitzel. Mhm. Mhm. She she put up a post and it's uh Charlie Brown, you know the the the, the female in Charlie Brown. I'm not Ruby saying her name. The you know who I'm talking about? You know who I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? Sitting mm-hmm. on a cloud, holding a bunch of diamonds. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Oh. <laughs> Priceless. All you kids listening, don't figure out the initials. It's got nothing to do with that. That's a fallacy. <laughs> right. Sure. It's a fallacy, yeah. Charles. And Puff the Magic Dragon is about a, ma- a dragon. Of course. I'm hey, I'm dating myself. I, I'm not even that just, old. Just, just, just hang on here. I've been to Hanalei, okay? I went looking for Puff. Most people hmm. don't know where Hanalei is. <laughs> I honestly did not know it was a real place. Yeah, it's on the north e- uh, northeast coast of uh, the island of Kauai in Hawaii. Oh. Hmm. Well, I guess you learn something new every day. There you go. Okay, so what are we going to talk about? Let's talk some football. Major announcement today. This is the quarterback with class, okay? Not the other one. Travis Lule announces retirement today. What's his legacy? <sighs> Travis did a lot of wonderful things. And uh, Charles put up a post today in uh, Let's Talk BC Lions. And, uh, you know, you guys can always go over there and take a look at that. Most people have done that. Uh, his question is, in my mind, the Lions should retire number 14. I know some people may disagree with me, and that's fine. But when you look at his career as a whole, he has, a, has fabulous numbers, always near the top of the league when he played. He won an MOP, Grey Cup MVP, and a championship. He, he was always great in the community, and he spent his entire 10-year career, CFL career, with the Lions. A player spending his entire career with one team is very rare nowadays. But that's just my two cents worth. And Charles is 100% correct. I added something to it. Did you read that, Charles? I did, yes. It was very good. I would have added more, but I was just doing it quickly. So I, I understand. But, you, you know. and I, here, here's where I carried on. It says, there is far more to Travis than what Charles has stated. When the team asked him to play backup to a young stud, he didn't grumble or bitch. He did what not many players would do. He became a mentor. He became a friend to this young QB. The value of that is unmeasurable. When the Lions asked him to take a pay cut, did he jump ship to another team and, and, and that would pay him what he was worth? No, he stayed loyal. When the team asked him to come off the bench and help out, he set a re- league record. When the team needed him to put in a second effort, he sacrificed his body to achieve what needed to be done. When there was no longer a place for him on the team, he could have become a rider or an Argo. But he wears black and orange. Travis Lule is what it means to be a Lion. Lion's ring of honor, without question. Canadian Football Hall of Fame, most definitely. 
but to retire number 14 because of him? It has my vote, and if there was ever a lion deserving of such an honor, it's Travis. Now, yes, that's from Charles and myself, and we are Lions fans. I'm going to ask you, Mark, what's your opinion of of, of Travis? Should the team retire his number? Should he go into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame? Is he everything that Charles and I believe him to be? As a Bomber fan, and you know how I end off the show with the, my DC sucks, I loved watching Travis Louie play. He played it the right way as a quarterback, which is evidenced by the amount of injuries he ended up having with all the Please running part. he did. And, yeah, a huge part. A lot of the hits he took, he was the next generation Buck Pierce kind of thing. BC is really what he was and you, you guys are 100% correct he is a lion he's what it means to be a lion um, I did find an interesting stat on him though just from BC where is it here there are only six BC lion QBs that have won great cups yes. only three lions QBs have won a CFL MOP Lule is the only one to have both the fact well, he's a better mm-hmm. person and citizen than he is a football player speaks volumes. That's from Scott Rintoul. Awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Yep. William, your call, buddy. Travis Lulay. How old is Travis Lulay? How old is, how old is Travis Lulay? 38. 34, I think. Was he 38? Is he that old? I think he's oh, younger he, than Yeah, I think I you're right. I think he's 34. My mistake. My bad. 35. Uh, 35. In between. Uh, he, he, oh, would yeah. be, he would be 36 before at the start of this Grey Cup season, or at the start of this football season. Not Born in September. No, he, his birthday is September 27th. He turns 36 on September 27th, so it'll be during oh, yes. the season. Yes. Yes. So he's right in okay, between where Charles and I said he was. My take on this is if he had a, had a average injury-free uh, career, we wouldn't even be talking about BC signing Mike Riley. Oh, All God, right? no. Just my, Not a chance. Just my opinion. And, Mike Riley went to Edmonton for a reason. And we probably, we probably wouldn't even know who Jonathan Jennings was to be honest with you, if he was injury-free. Because he would have owned that spot for as long as he wanted it. Still. So, yes, yes. So that's my that's my take on him. I, Like I said, he had the 2011 season where he played great. I, I Mark, I don't like you comparing him to Buck Pierce because Buck Pierce can't carry his lunch pail. Sorry, just my opinion. Um, no, uh, he was he was comparing him to playing with heart. And if there's, I know that, you know, if a quarterback who plays with heart, it's got Buck Pierce's pitcher beside it. Buck Pierce didn't play with heart. He just got played without an offensive line. Okay, um, <laughs> you don't have to have heart to stand there and get killed. Okay, sorry, just saying. 
I'm not going to say anything about Winnipeg bad today because Mark's on the show. He might fight back. But no, hey, Travis Lule is what Travis Lule is. Should be C retires number. I would say he's up there with their all-time great players. And he will eventually, if Kevin Glenn goes into the Hall of Fame, he'll eventually be in the Hall of Fame too. So there you go. Okay, Chris. Yeah, I mean it's all been said. I mean he was a uh, he was, I mean he had huge potential that never was was totally lived into because of injury, and it happens unfortunately, and it happens in all sports, and uh, it'll always be one of those what could have been's and what would have been done if he if he was stayed healthy. But I mean there's no doubt that um, while he was healthy, he he was he was one of the top athletes in the league, one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and. Uh, I mean, it's a shame when you uh, have a player like that that doesn't get to fill all the records and do all the deeds. And, uh, you know, I always, I'm of the generation, I always think of Mike Bossy, to be honest with you. I mean, different sport, but exact same thing. He was one of my favorite players just because I was that exact age when he was doing his thing. And, you know, he just totally didn't, he's not known as well. And, and he fell off because he had that knee injury so early in his career and, you just never got to see what he could totally do, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, the, I mean, by all means, I mean, if you're going to retire numbers, those are the kind of guys you you retire their numbers. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has earned that right for sure. I don't think anybody in BC would argue that. No. No. I mean, if you're going to talk hockey and 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 talk about short careers, um, I'm going to talk about my cousin Bobby Orr. And uh, what would he have accomplished if he didn't have his career cut uh, no short? No kidding. Yeah, yep. but that's a, that, to me that's a conversation of he would have been like uh, he would have been he already is huge. He would have just been that much more. That's why he's so impressive. I think Travis Lule would have been more of that. You just got to see a bit of it, and he didn't. You didn't get to realize it all. And I think that's more of a Mike Bossy. I mean, I wouldn't argue Bobby Orr's career was put short, and what the hell he could have done would have been off the charts. But look, he, what he did do was off the charts, right? Like, yes, you know, every everybody he, knows he, Bobby he, Orr. He created could, charts. You, yeah, and I mean, you can mention Mike Bossy, and there's a lot of people that just don't recognize him in the same breath as those players, which he could yeah. have been if he would Your have been Islanders. healthy. Yeah, and I mean, he just. He just didn't. He didn't get to play long enough to make that. Like, if you're in the right genre, like me, you know him mm-hmm. and you know who he is. But and I mean, Travis Lewis could very well be that, right? Like, he's going to be a BC legend because of who he was to that community and what he did for the team. But you only got to see a little bit of his brilliance, and you know, it is a it is a, in more comparable where, you know. League wide, he might not be remembered as long as he should be, and and, and you know he will definitely be remembered longer in BC for for other things than as what he what his play was. Okay, uh, just 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 because I like to play with this one, I want you to know that Mike Bossy played exactly the same amount of years in the NHL as Bobby Orr. Oh, exactly the same amount, ten years yeah, to the day. But- yeah, and but Bobby again, like went I said, through I mean, Bobby three is... major knee surgeries during that ten-year period. Mike Bossy went through one. He his accomplishments could have been there. Okay, well, let's, not talk. let's also, not talk. Let's not talk. Hold on, 
I want to say one thing, but you can't compare them because they're different eras. Mm-hmm. Different they're, positions. They're ten years, a bunch of different they're things. They're ten years is. apart. Yeah, different eras, different way of playing hockey. True. And also, one with the defense, more, one with the forward. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think his knee affected him a lot more. I mean, obviously, Bobby Orr is a special player. There's no arguing that, right? I mean, the guy was off the charts and made records and and he, what he was. I think it was more of just the, you know. The potential was there. It didn't get fulfilled because of that injury potential, and it's the same with, with Travis Lule is how I think of him, right? Like, I don't think – he'll be remembered in BC a lot longer than he's remembered around the league. <laughs> yep. Oh, no question. I'm, I'm not disputing or arguing your fact or or, or, or your, your opinion of Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy was a non-player, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not disputing that in any way, shape, or form. I was just pointing out some facts. Although I, would, I am very surprised that Mike Bossy played for 10 years. I didn't think he played that long. I didn't think he made it that yeah. long. 1977 to 1987. So, actually, that's 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, he really tailed off in the end of his career with that knee injury then. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Mike Bo- or Bobby Orr did not. <laughs> yeah, he did, though. He played till they – well, he did, but they dragged him off the ice, too. I mean, he was a, he was a, it was a different era of strongman hockey, too, right? And he yeah, yeah, you had to be bleeding it, so. from the eyes, and even then you took another shift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, right. You had, back you, had a beer and, you had a beer and took another shift, okay? You had a beer and took a smoke. <laughs> you had a smoke and took another shift. There you go. Helmet? What the hell's a helmet? <laughs> Anyways, let's talk okay. about football. Yeah, I was going to say, getting back to Travis Lule, even with all of the injury uh, issues that he had throughout the years and the time he missed, he is still top five, uh, if not top three, in most BC passing categories. He's third in all-time yards. He's third in touchdown passes. He's fourth in most touchdown passes in a season. And like uh, Mark said earlier, uh, he's the only quarterback to win both uh, Most Outstanding Player and Grey Cup MVP. Only BC Lions. In fact, I believe he's, yes. And he's the only Lions quarterback, I believe, to win uh, Grey Cup MVP. I don't think any other quarterback did. No, I think it was always a running back. Sorry, actually, you know what? Well, actually, technically, he's the second one because in 1985, Roy DeWalt won Most Outstanding Offensive Player. Now, they 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 split it up into offense, defense, and Canadian back then. They gave out three awards as opposed to just the uh, two now, which is Outstanding Player and Outstanding Canadian. But Okay. But he's, yeah. He's going to be greatly missed. He's going to be greatly missed in the province of British Columbia, the city of Vancouver. Uh, is he going to be missed around the league? I hope so. Because the CFL with Travis Lule in it was a better league. And he's not the only person that we can say that about. There's a, a lot of players in the CFL that we can say that about. So I'm not saying that he's unique in that aspect of it. I mean, the CFL was I mean, better with Milk Spiegel in it. No. Okay? So... You know, he's gone, and the CFL will 
and we'll carry on. And so will the BC Lions and so will the fans. All right. Let's jump over to uh, quarterback number two that made the news this week. A CFL directive to the Montreal Alouettes to relieve Johnny Manziel. Why? And what do we think the reason is? Well, we know what the reason is now. Okay. Johnny Manziel has been in negotiations with football clubs of the AAFL and was about to sign a contract, which would, to me, which became a violation of his agreement with the CFL and also that he had to show up for all of the different meetings and he didn't show in recently. He has not been doing anything with the team. Mind you, it is off season and everything else, but Johnny basically flipped on the bird says, you know, I'm not playing that game anymore. And he's off talking to the AAFL teams. So what does the bozo Randy Ambrosi do? Sends a directive to the Montreal Alouettes to release him from his contract. And then he bans, bars, all other CFL teams from signing a contract with him, saying that they would not recognize a contract with Johnny Mazzeo's number name on it. Okay? Does anybody else out there see that this was an absolutely stupid move? Am I the only one? They should have just suspended him. If you if you kick him out of the CFL and release him from his contract, he's legally allowed to sign with the AFL. Okay? If he signed with them, still their contract with Montreal Alouettes, that's breach of contract, and you can sue him. You can sue the AFL. You can charge with tampering because you can't tamper with another player that's under contract. Yes, I know this NFL and the CFL have an, an agreement in there, but that's an agreement. That doesn't mean that it has to be in place. It's tampering, and tampering is a crime in professional sports. Okay? So you can actually sue them for this. But because they released him, he's legally allowed to go and sign a contract with any team. He can sign one with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ambrosie won't honor it. He is now free to sign with any team. He's a 100% free agent. This was a bonehead move by CFL head office. And we all know who the bonehead is in the CFL head office. I, I, I just, I have no response to this. It was the absolute stupidest thing that I have ever heard or seen. Well, take it away. You can have some fun with this one. Well, if I look at it from purely a football state of mind, hey, guess what? Johnny Manziel didn't come to the CFL and didn't dominate. Once again, it shows you what kind of game the CFL is. Another American who couldn't make it in the CFL. And that Another all-star American. That makes me feel really fuzzy inside, Okay. Um, if he wants to go to the AFL, you know what? See ya, have a nice life. Um, I, I just, 
I think, and I understand all the immediate excitement that we got in the CFL when he came, and I and I get there is more Americans watching the CFL, and maybe he did us a favor, and we've got still will have more Americans watching the CFL, but I think he made the we made the league weaker. He was gonna be the starter in Montreal this year, and I don't think he's a good quarterback. So. You know what? Very simply, adios, have a nice life, go snort cocaine, go do whatever it is that you do, and I never want to hear the name again on our podcast. How does that sound? Well, I'm sure we're going to say it again because I'm sure something stupid is going to come up because of it. Uh, it some lawsuit, some court case, some something is going to happen about it. But otherwise, I agree with you. 100%. I'm done with this bozo. I mean, I want Great. guys in the CFL that, that love the CFL. They want to be here. He was using yep. he was using the CFL as a stepping stone, and now he's going to play he with, make that a secret in, my, in my mind, an inferior group of players. And maybe he'll dominate it. But you know what? If it gets him a shot in the NFL, go ahead. Have a nice life. Oh, I, I love his comment, though. I absolutely love his comment. Okay, so this is it. I uh, just got off the phone with, this is with uh, Richard Tater. Uh, I don't know who this is, but anyhow. Um, uh, just got I off the It's not legit. It's, what's not legit? Richard Tater, it's a comedy account. It's not real. I thought it was. I'm the one that posted it, and then I realized it's not. If you look at the actual Twitter handle, Real Dictator, and then you go back and look at it. I don't think this is a real guy. I could be wrong, but it doesn't look legit. But whatever. It's fun well, anyways. It, it's funny, but I'm, I'm just going to read the last line. It says, "It was the CFL was not a complete waste of time, but it was a, it's a different game, different speed, and I'm 100% confident I will come to the AAF and dominate. I've been watching them, and most of the players are scrubs. Did he just paint a big bullseye on his helmet? How to make friends and influence people. People. This guy yeah, should in- talk to Dale Carnegie, even though Dale Carnegie's been dead for a number of years. But read his book. I got his book. It's, it was funny. I, it, it doesn't doesn't work. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Can you actually you, – you just left the CFL, and I'm okay – with somebody leaving the CFL where he, like him, who was absolutely a train wreck clusterfuck, okay? He just absolutely sucked at this game, couldn't count, comprehend it, couldn't read the defense, couldn't do anything. He just got steamrolled nonstop, okay? And leaving the CFL and bad-mouthing it, saying that, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, it's a bunch of goose and uh, doing that. I, I'm okay with that because you just look at the source, and it holds no credibility with me, okay? None at all. Uh, there's been some great players that have left the CFL, gone to the NFL, and speak so highly of, of the CFL afterwards. <laughs> Doug Flutie, Joe Theismann, Cam Wake. Uh, the list is um, Garcia. It, it's just unbelievable what classy people say about the CFL once they've left it. Uh, but he didn't trash the CFL in that aspect. He trashed the league he's going to. 
Is that not the dumbest thing that anybody could possibly do? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure he actually Larry said it, though. I'm not sure I, he actually said it, though. It was a pretty fake tweet. I, You know what? I'm, you're probably 100% correct. But please tell me if you would doubt that he would say that. I don't doubt he would no, say that. No, his attitude, no. And the AAF, whatever it's called, um, AAFL, they have, yeah. yeah, they have said that they are looking into why he was released before they will sign him. Because it's the it's league the, that signs the players; it's not the teams. The league the t- assigns where they play. Mandated. Yeah. So they are looking at it. There's been. Three down, put out a couple of things Dunk did. Um, he was missing team functions. Um, remember, he always had the flu whenever they were doing something? Yeah. I think it goes as far back as that because Kevis Reed's been getting a bit of a blast on this, too. He's known about this for a while, like before free agency. So yep. why the hell are you not in the running to get a quarterback? I know you signed five or whatever it is, but Jennings was out there. There's all these guys out there. He knew Manziel wasn't coming back. And he just let him go. But, yeah, no, that's great that Manziel's gone. Bye-bye. Talking about about polar opposites going from Lule to Manziel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Two opposing sides. Both leaving the CFL for good. Okay. Uh, Chris. Yep. you got to have something to say here. <laughs> About the same as everybody else. Uh, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Uh, I... I don't know. I, he never amounted to anything. I don't think he was going to. I, I'm, you know what? I can honestly say I'm a slightly disappointed because I really wanted to see him really suck for the whole season with Montreal just to prove the point that it wasn't about getting used to the game. It was that it's just the game is above him. But I guess I can live without watching that. Um, feel bad for me. And you know what? I think Montreal's better off going with one of their other guys anyway. I think I, I see more in Pipkin or in uh, Adams Jr. than I ever did in Menzel. So let him go, and hopefully, the only thing I can say is I'm actually watching the AFL AFL because it is filling that little bit of void on uh, Saturday and Sunday nights at six on uh, NFL Network. And uh, I mean, it's not it's not great, but it's not horrible. And uh, I can't wait to watch him get just get friggin' killed in the AFL, and he can. Whether he said it or not, I think the the thing that you you made the point of is is that. Even if he didn't say it, do we doubt that he'd be the kind of person that would say it? And that's the no. difference. Because if it was any other player and you saw that quote, you'd immediately think it was a joke, and you would just confirm it by digging into the account. This way, it was the other way around, just doing due diligence. But you can see him saying it. So good luck with that. <laughs> Whether, and that's the thing is I think he's screwed either way because even if he didn't, everybody thinks he did. So even those the guys down there think he said it, they'll still want to kill him. Hey, well, that I... I don't want to say anything bad about the players down there, but I don't know whether or not they're they're capable of figuring out that this was a fake account. 
Yeah. And if anything, the, the, the bad part about it, too, is what I've seen by watching it, the defensive lines and linebackers are the, the strength of the league. So he's definitely in trouble because it ain't the offense that's really lighting her up. It's the D's. <laughs> so did, did you hear the, uh, see the tweets from uh, all the different pl- people around the thing? And I, how, how fake were those? Oh yeah, no. I, he's not a respected player. He's not a liked player. I mean, that, it's that's just what not it my is. Question. And... So my question, Chris, uh, Mark, hmm. you posted up this thing with Vince McMahon from the X, XFL, oh, Antonio Pippen. It was funny. It, th- these are all fake, uh, are they not? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I did see them. Yes, I did see those. That was just for comedy. Okay. So Vince McMahon, who's starting up the XFL, he goes, "You want to come here where our defenders will rape you?" <laughs> I thought it was funny. Antonio Pipkin, who is now the uh, front runner for the quarterback position in Montreal, you're finally gone. Now the job, you're finally gone. Now the job is finally mine. You overpraised son of a bitch. Charlton Hughes, here, I'll buy you a beer tonight to make you forget about it. I'll even drive you home. Charlton Hughes, you shouldn't be driving when you have to. Mm-hmm. Empathy is a bitch, right? Jerome Messam. <laughs> Whatever happened to Jerome Messam? Did anybody hear what happened to him? case and anything else? Probably still no. waiting to go to court. I haven't heard anything. It's probably not in court yet. Okay. Atlanta Legends, which is an AFL team. We're the equivalent to the Cleveland Browns and the Montreal Alouettes here. No, that's funny. Randy Ambrosi, get the fuck out of the league, bitch. <laughs> Now, that's mm-hmm. the most intelligent thing that Rand- I've seen Randy Ambrosi say, okay? Period. <laughs> I finally respected him for a minute. No, it's a fake. Fake tweets. Fake tweets. But funny as hell. Okay, 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 okay. Anybody want to add to this? I know Will wants to turn the page real fast. So do I. <laughs> okay, there's a report out there that says the CFL will be... It will would be willing to raise the minimum salary from 54000 to 70000 Is this a good thing for the league? Is this a super GM that the CBA could get done before camp? I don't I didn't. I'm sorry. I can't read the Charles-ism here. And is this a super GM? What's that? I'm just re- trying to read your agenda, and I really don't know what the last line is. So we're just going to ignore it and move on. Um. Yes, yes, it's easy, easily done. This is going to raise the the uh, salary cap by five hundred thousand dollars. Now, in two thousand fourteen, when the new CBA was signed, it raised the they raised the cap by six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then fifty thousand dollars a year for four years. So basically, raised it by eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. This will raise it by about five hundred grand. And we'll raise, and and I I suspect that the um, CBA will be raised by an additional three to five hundred thousand dollars just because of the increase in the quarterback salaries and something else. So I figure the cap is going to go somewhere between one million and um, 
million five, probably more in the 1.2, 1.3 million dollar range is what the cap is going to increase, which is almost well, I'm not going to say double, but you know it, it's up there. It's it's um, probably about 50 percent more than what it did last year. Uh, with after a, a new TSN deal, a new ESPN deal, and it looks like we're doing with a, a Mexican media deal. So I think the CFL is going to have the money to be able to do this. Uh, there's no way that you could um, give Mike Riley and uh, Bo Levi Mitchell $750,000 a year if the cap was not going up substantially mm-hmm. and or they were going to remove a marquee player from the cap. Uh, then to turn around and raise the, the minimum from 54000 to 70000 I think that's kind of a mandatory thing right now, especially since the AAF. Uh, minimum wage is seventy thousand U.S. I, I think you kind of you can convince them that seventy thousand dollars is seventy thousand dollars, and you should sign in the CFL. And then later on, they find out that there's an exchange rate. Um, but yeah, I have no problems at all with uh, believing that the minimum wage can go up by this amount in this CBA. Uh, it's the business side of football that I follow. I really don't care much about the players. William, fellow businessman, what do you figure? If they can afford it, great. If they can't, it's a, you know, it is what yeah, it but is. I think, I, 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 think, I think they can't afford it. Yeah, okay, if what you're talking about is, is what you're talking about, then they can't afford it. Um, but it would have been nice to have that in place before free agency. Okay. That's the player's fault. Well, yes, I understand that. I understand that, but it would have been nice. Well, and I'm I'm thinking of Calgary in general. It would have been nice for some of the players they lost to. They would have had more money to sign them, and they might have been able to sign them. So okay, hang on just for a second here. I want I want to I want to quantify what you just said. Who is the negotiating side for the league? Who makes the decision Randy for the Ambrosi. league? Who the makes the decision for the league? The Board of Governors. The Board of Governors, right. Right? Randy Ambrosi is a puppet. Let's yeah. let's face facts. Yes. Okay. And the reason why we don't okay. have Jeffrey Orridge is he, he was a terrible puppet. Because he wasn't a puppet, right. Because he wasn't mm-hmm. a puppet. Okay? So right. we got this puppet, Randy Ambrosi, who's, who's holding the strings, is the Board of Governors. The David Braley's and uh, Bob Young's of the CFL, Correct. The guys with the money. The guys with the money. The write the, the checks. Now, those guys yep. have all sat around a, 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 a table in some man's club, drinking their scotch and smoking cigars, and they've said, this is the line in the sand we will not cross. Okay? That line in that sand has already been done. Okay? The league has said, we will go this far and no further. We will try to get less. But we are prepared to go to this point. Do you guys all agree with that? I would say that's probably fairly likely. Okay. Now, do you believe that David Braley has not had a conversation with Ed Hervey about where that line in the sand is? Yeah. I would say that's also likely. Okay. So every GM in the CFL right now knows exactly how this CBA is going to be played out. 
almost to the dime, okay? Almost to the dime of what the new cap is going to be long before free agency started. So I disagree with your your point, Will, that you wish the Calgary the, the CBA was in place before the Calgary Stampeders lost their players because it didn't matter whether the CBA was in place. John Hopnagel knew exactly how much money he had okay. to spend and so, chose not so, to spend so it when, in those areas. So when you say that, when you say that, my question to you is, um, I'm I'm okay. We've all you've all talked about Travis Lule being a backup in BC this year. Yeah. And most mo- the average person would have thought, well, he retired because they wouldn't give him enough money. Okay, to be a backup, and he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go anywhere else. If they know what the cap is, how can they? How come they didn't give Travis Lule the money to be the backup for a season? I honestly don't believe that they offered him a contract at all. Okay. okay. I think they wanted to and, move on. And, and now, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to take that one step further, okay. Let's let's talk about BC for a little bit, and I sure. know it's a business, and it's I business. I know it's a business, okay. But it kind of sucks when they don't when we're talking about retiring Travis Lule's number, and they don't offer him a contract, okay. Well, I, here's you guys, if, we were, if Wally we Buono talking, was still part of the organization, I have no doubt in my mind that Travis Lule would be the backup quarterback for the BC Lions this year, but. Ed okay. Hervey has no loyalty to Travis Lule, okay? Um, Ed Hervey has Yvonne no loyalty Claybrook to anybody. Yvonne has no loyalty to, to Travis Lule. There's nobody left okay. in the BC Lions organization that has any loyalty to Travis Lule, except possibly David Braley. Okay, and David Braley is a businessman. And if Ed Hervey has said we're moving on, he is going to move on. And that's exactly what happened. And I don't doubt that for a second. Ed Hervey did not offer him a contract because he had no interest in a 35, 36-year-old quarterback with multiple career-ending injuries that is just one toss on of a bitch. So so my question is this. How come they didn't offer him a position on the Lions staff? Because he hadn't retired yet. If he had retired yeah, but, at the, in November of last year, I do not believe Drew Tate would be the quarterback coach in BC. But we now have a, a, a coaching cap. We cannot have more than 12 coaches on the staff, or is it 11? And we have so much money to spend. So if we turn around and fire Drew Tate right now and hire Travis Lule, that money goes against our cap, our management cap. It's, it, it's not possible to do this year. Is Travis going to be on the coaching staff next year? I hope so. No guarantees because the regime has changed. It's a new era in BC Lions, and Travis isn't part of it. Yeah. And that's too bad. It is. It's heartbreaking. Is absolutely. No question. Because I, I, I think loyalty should be paid back with loyalty, to be honest with you. Agreed. A thousand percent. But nobody in that organization is loyal to Travis Lule. And nor was Travis Lule loyal to any of them. Okay. Okay. I have no doubt that he was loyal to the club, but wh- what is the club? And that's what I'm talking right now. Yeah, I guess so. 
right? Just, it's it's on. And, and I have no doubt in yeah. my mind that if Wally Buono was still part of the organization, Travis Lule would be playing football this year and or on the coaching staff. No question. Right. Okay. Do, you, do you agree, Charles? No, 100%. No, there's no doubt in my mind. And it's just, it, 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 it's an absolute bad coincidence or inopportune time for all of this to come together. Mm-hmm. Wally leaves, Travis retires. Boom. It's gone. The Anyhow. Lions couldn't wait till Travis Lule finally decided 100% that he was going to retire. They had to put a, a coaching uh, staff together, and I think they had to uh, basically, I don't think, and I guess Travis had not totally decided what he was going to do, so they had to move on. It's too bad because I had always said that he would be a coach if he didn't play, but it just come too late. Well, it, it wouldn't it, surprise it, me it, if he it, comes in in the future just – not going to happen now. It, exactly. So, and so I do believe J.C. Sherrod's so, going to be back in the Eskimo organization. Do you not doubt that? I was going to say, so should, we, so should we expect Calgary to sign uh, Travis Lule tomorrow as a coach? <laughs> I, I don't think he would go. I, I would I would bet money right now that Travis Lule will have a position next week inside of the BC organization possibly in promotions or uh, even on training staff or in one of the positions in which is not covered by the management's cap so that he has an income for the season and he has a meaningless job. I can see that. I, I, I think David Braley would do that. I mean, he would have to. I mean, look at the, the people that they have on staff right now with Jimmy Terrace and never mind. I mean, you still have Marco Iannuzzi. You still have, um, um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. R.J. Uh, LaRose. J.J. LaRose. J.J. LaRose. They're, they're, they're still on staff of the BC Lions doing community work. Yeah, they're still they're getting like ambassadors. Yeah, it's not a full-time gig, but they've got enough money to do that. Now, you think that Travis has made enough money over the last decade that he should have a fairly decent yeah. nest egg, house paid off, that sort of stuff, not a lot of expenses. Yeah. Lives in a very um, frugal city, Blaine, Washington. The cost of anything isn't isn't high there. So yeah, no, I think uh, he's uh, he's going to do all right for himself. And do I want to see him back on the sidelines? Yes, or in the booth, or anywhere in the BC Lions organization because Travis Lule is a BC Lion for life. He had offers on the table from the Riders and the Argo, and he and very lucrative, and he walked away from them. I mean, let's face it. He would have gone in and taken the job away from Zach Caleros. He would have gone in and taken the job away from James Franklin. He would have been the starting quarterback in either of those two cities. Anybody want to add anything to that? Chris, Mark, you guys were quiet through this little exchange. 
I'm good. No, we're I'm talking good. about this. We're talking about the CBA being raised to seventy thousand dollars. We're not necessarily talking about Travis Lule here. We're talking about the CBA going up <laughs> to seventy thousand dollars, and we're talking about the CBA I- increasing past the five hundred thousand dollar mark to do this, to to compensate for the 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 gross increase in, in salaries or contracts with certain quarterbacks and and or having to pay everybody a little bit more. So do you think the cap's going to go up by a mil, mil and a half? Am I right there? I mean, it did go I up by so. 850000 last time. I wouldn't see a problem with it going up a million. The big thing they have to do is raise the minimum salary. There's no point in raising the cap without it because if they do – that money just goes to the quarterback anyway. Yeah, well, of course. And they so, did that last yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, that, the, the minimum wage took a big jump. I think it went, took from 44000 to 54000 or something like that. I'm going I'm, – I'm spitballing this one now. I don't really know. But I think it went up almost $10,000, which is substantial when it's only forty. That's 25% increase. That's right. They did need to, if they do bring it to 70, that's that's a good number. And then it raise it up. They have to raise it up every year at the CBA, too, though. So. Uh, they don't have to raise it up anymore. Mm. They could stay this way for the for the CBA. I guess they and, could stay and, for the whole CBA, yeah. yeah you know, yes. if, if, if it's a substantial enough jump right now, then it doesn't have to be increased anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to see and that, going to that works in union contracts right across the board, right? I mean, yeah. the postal workers have done that, where they take an, a small increase every year for six years. They take a big kick-ass one up front, right, which isn't as large as one if they took it one every year for six months, but they got more now and less at the end. Yeah. I'm more interested right now to see if the, if Ambrosi leaks out about the insurance thing that the players want. That's the big The health care? Yeah. Getting I bet money it's not going to happen. I will be bet money it doesn't see. happen. It'll be interesting to see. Cause it is it's it's been on hot. the table every CBA, and every CBA it gets thrown away. As soon as the players, they get waved money in front of their nose, they, they, that mm-hmm. goes away. Mm-hmm. Right? Because as a group, they need it. As an individual, they do. Does that now, make sense? I got a question. I got a question about that. The, now, with CFL players, are they considered team employees or are they considered independent contractors? They would they would be independent contractors. Okay. So, from what I've heard because I've heard discussions about this in regards to other sporting uh entities, if they are considered as independent contractors, it is my understanding that the teams cannot technically um, provide them with health care because they are technically contractors and not um, actually team employees. Like, if you go work in the Lions offices and stuff like that, in the ticket office or whatever, in their uh, – in their, um, you know, anywhere yeah. in their organization, you are an employee of the company, and I'm not sure whether or not they get health care or not in the offices. But I'm as sure an they independent do. contractor, I mean, that's the same as if you're, um, if you have a house and stuff like that, 
uh, you're getting a contractor to come in and work on your house and do renovations and stuff like that. You don't pay health care for that person. That person is uh, a contractor. They're responsible for their own health care because they are a contractor that have the ability to work for other companies as a contractor. Now, of course, they've got an ex- the the players have an exclusive contract for a t- at least a certain amount of time with one year. But once that contract is up, they can go out and play there. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but I've heard other discussions about that because they are considered uh, independent contractors and not actual employees of the company. That's where it becomes very difficult in insuring those those people. If the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, was a contract that encompassed all players, you would be incorrect. But because each player signs a contract individually within the guidelines of the CBA, the CBA is guidelines. It's not actually a contract like it is with many organizations. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you're correct. They're all independent contractors because each one of them individually negotiates and sign a contract. A union would not allow two players playing running back to be made to be paid differently. There's no way in hell. Right. It doesn't matter how good they are. There's no way that a uh, paper tender at Scott Paper and on on paper. Paper machine number one and paper machine number two are going to get paid different. They're not. Absolutely, simply not going to happen. They're machine tenders. Okay? doesn't matter whether one of them purchases more. It does, doesn't matter if one of them has never missed a day of work. It doesn't matter whether one gets employee of the year award. The union says, you're a machine tender, you get paid X amount of dollars. Period. That's not what this is. Each player signs an individual contract, negotiates and signs an individual contract. Each one of them is an individual contractor for the team. I got a great idea. Why don't we ask why don't we ask Chris? Chris, when you were on the Stampede's practice roster, did you have any health benefits? No. No, you don't you don't None have health whatsoever. benefits. Well, Officially, when you're on the PR, you you don't even have a contract. They're they're okay. You're not about, a, you, you you don't fall under the CBA at that point. You actually have to dress for a game to be under the CBA uh, okay. and sign a player's contract. Okay. That's why they can pay you nothing on the PR. They they give you like 500 bucks a week, and it's just right. they're just you just hanging around in case there's a spot. So you're actually not even a player. You don't have a signed contract. You just yeah, oh you do, but you have an agreement. It's not a player's contract. Do the do the but players have healthcare benefits? No, they like don't. Real players. Because, or they, no, they because don't. they would. The, okay. It wouldn't be. It, it couldn't be done through the team. The the CBA the the players association would have to get a program put together to offer insurance to the players because okay. the players association would be the one that would would do that, and they would get a group plan put together that would cost a certain amount of money that the players would have to buy into and be a uh, volunteer to be part of. It couldn't be done through yep. the team. It would have to be done through the Players Association. But that being okay. said, they could go and get Alberta Blue Cross in Alberta, and I'm sure every province has their own, that if you want to as a player get health care, 
you just have to go get Blue Cross or whatever it would be in the other provinces. But here, because I'm a contractor, I don't have health benefits, but I do because I go to Alberta Blue Cross and I pay 275 bucks a month to get family coverage, Plan B, or whatever, right? So there is ways for them to get health care, but they'd have to pay for it. Right. Now, that being said, Chris, the negotiations of the CBA could get the league or each team to pay a certain percentage or pay so much per person, per player, towards this health benefit. And that's what they'd be negotiating for for 100% guaranteed. Right. That's what they want. Yeah. They want the they want the teams to pay the PA to establish a healthcare uh, group program Correct. for the players. It's not it's not the team yeah. supplying healthcare for the players no. because a, be as we PA. just pointed out, it would be physically Again, impossible. Yeah. They, yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it, but the yeah. PA but can. A, and they can solicit money from the teams to support that program. Yes. Yeah. And that would be what they were trying, would be trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So does that answer your question, Charles, as to how this would happen? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Absolutely. <coughs> okay. Anything else on the CBA we want to talk about? Because it's going to come front and center coming up real quick. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have entire programs dedicated on it. So we can Probably. move along if you like here. We can come back to it too, but let's let's jump on. With the recent free agent moves made by the Toronto Argonauts, have they improved to the point where they can challenge Hamilton for top spot in the East? Now, I made a comment the other day where you know they Toronto is the Toronto Argonauts are very quietly building themselves a competitive football team. Now. They're doing it with castaways from other teams, and I don't ever believe that that is the way in which to build a football team. I don't believe you build a football team in free agency, and yet the BC Lions just did it. Hamilton Tiger Cats did it under Kent Austin, and I said it was going to be a complete failure, and it was. Kyle Walters built it under, did the same thing when he came in, and I said it wasn't going to work, and it didn't. Um, I don't know if Ed Hervey is going to be successful at this. I still don't believe building a team through free agency is the way to do that. Okay. So the Toronto Argonauts are doing this. Are they going to be competitive this year? I think they're going to be a lot more competitive this year than they were last. Are they going to be competitive enough to challenge Hamilton? Is that really a challenge? Is Hamilton really that good? that it would take so much more for Toronto to be competitive with them. I don't think Hamilton's that good. And I, everybody is writing off the Ottawa Red Blacks. I would not do that just yet. I really honestly would not write off the Red Blacks yet. Montreal? Sure. No problems. Train wreck. Mark, your comment. Have you been watching what the Toronto Argonauts have been doing? Oh yeah, no, no, they they went really aggressive at free agency, and I think they did need to. You know, we say that it doesn't work, but you need long to term. make yourself. Comp- it doesn't work long term, but it, you need to make yourself competitive. And Hamilton, right now on paper, is the best team in the East. That's not saying a lot. 
but Toronto last year was pretty close to a dumpster fire. If but they didn't have these, a quarterback, and they still don't. They still don't. If these additions do help, though, it it will make them more competitive. I know you say don't sleep on Ottawa, but I say Ottawa is going to be asleep. Losing your top receiver or one of your top receivers and your number one quarterback, it's going to be a tough one to come back from. But oh, so you I could really say the same do. thing about Edmonton then, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. But in the East, Toronto now on paper, of course, we don't know anything yet until they actually get on the field. On paper right now, Toronto should be a challenge. They had to improve the defense, and they did that massively. So, you know, you have to go up against Hamilton's offense, which isn't the best in the CFL, but it's the best in the East. So you got to play to your division. That's it. Where you got to win the most games. Anything out of the West is a bonus. Chris, you look at the players yeah, a lot I mean, more than the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they they've done an amazing job quietly and, and not on the first day of of building a, a on paper impressive team. But we all know what that means, right? So. If we're saying on paper Hamilton's the dominant of the East, has Toronto done enough to compete with them? Yeah, I think they have, but it's all on paper. I honestly believe that excluding Montreal, and I, I mean there are positives that have happened in Montreal, but they're not as wide sweeping as with the other teams that that I can't, I just can't see them fixing that problem uh, right away, but. I got to agree with you that Ottawa has every chance to be in that mix, um, as does Toronto and Hamilton. Like, it's kind of funny because, you know, you see uh, each year Calgary gets fairly poo-pooed on for the way that they approach free agency, right? You don't buy a lot of people. You try and re-sign your most. And granted, they lost more than usual this year, but, you know, they're, they're, they're always looked at not winning or, or succeeding. And Hamilton pretty much followed the same suit, signed all their own players. Now, granted, they got one or two really good players like Garrett Davis and and uh, 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 Tunke, but um, you know, this this hype around them, it's it's still the same team that went whatever they went last year. So, and there's been changes like June Jones isn't the head coach anymore and and what's going to happen with them and how fast is that all going to fit together? And as Brandon Banks lost a step, well, these are all the same questions you've got to ask with Ottawa with what they did and what they lost and what they brought in and how fa- is JJ going to be the quarterback we've seen in the past. And then you got to go to Toronto and is Franklin was he held back because of, of Mark Trespin? Is he going to break out to what we thought he would be? And so on paper teams tend to be drastically different than what we see on field teams. Um, so if we're talking paper, then yeah, Toronto's done enough to be up there with Hamilton. And I don't think Ottawa should be totally ignored, even though on paper they had huge losses. They still have quality people there. And they have a program that they've built that, yes, in a young build, but they still have um, that – they've shown traits of the next man up mentality um, that's so successful in the West um, that I don't 
think that they were totally freaked out about who they lost. I think they have players to, to take those spots. So, But until we see field play and really until we see what the quarterbacks can do on those respective teams, it's going to be up in the air for me. I mean, the only one that, that again, and people haven't – I mean, I, I wouldn't totally ever write off any team. I mean, Montreal is going to be a struggle because they haven't changed enough to on paper to, to make it much different than what they were last year on, on the field. Um, uh, they did some nice moves, but it is what it is going to be for them. But I, I, I think that of those three teams, whichever quarterback gets going the quickest and can maintain that – will be the one that ends up being the dominant in that one. Necessarily not what all the other players are, just really on the quarterbacks. And and Mazzoli's got the biggest advantage because he's the one that's returning. But uh, that's why as a junior, right? It's time, I want to see on field. I, I hate paper. I don't, I'm don't. i not a big paper guy. Because you can get a team full of superstars that don't play with Jack together. It's happened before. And I mean Hamilton built that entire ha- Hamilton built their entire team on free agency, uh, made it to the Grey Cup twice, lost it twice, and then totally fell apart because everybody wanted their uh, on their second year wanted more money because they had a whole bunch of all stars. So you've just pointed out exactly why I believe free agency doesn't work for teams, and Toronto is actually proving why free agency does work for teams. And, and yes, the season hasn't started, so it's really hard for me to quantify the statement. But I believe free agency is about a bunch of mercenaries. And they will play for the highest bidder. There's no loyalty to that team. There's no loyalty to anything but the money. Okay? That is day one and day two of free agency. Day one more than anything. But when you get to day 10 of free agency and you're signing players, those are no longer mercenaries. Those are now people who are hungry to get a job. That's what Toronto's signing. Okay? BC Lions signed a bunch of mercenaries. And Edmonton did too, yeah. And Edmonton did too. And that's what Hamilton did. That's what Winnipeg did. Hamilton did it. And on year three, proved exactly what my point is with the mercenaries because they all went to the highest bidder and they scattered Right? Yeah. That team fell apart because the players were mercenaries. They were not a team. Now, can those people with that me-first attitude come together and play in a team? And that's exactly why Calgary Stampeders are successful. They don't have those players on their team. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be on a successful team, you take a, uh, take what you get and what's fair and you don't go for the big if what is the saying is if you want to be the highest player paid position a player in your position don't be on calgary stampeders or something like that <laughs> you know and that's why they lose the Derek dennis's and the stanley bryant's and the uh mika johnson's of the world right yeah they offer them they offer them what they offer them and then if they don't want to take it they figure they can find somebody to replace you maybe not as good but mm-hmm. You don't have to have a all-star in every position if you can. Everybody covers everybody's behind as a team. You can play with good players and be a very successful team if you're all good and you're all doing what you're supposed to do and you buy into it. Yes, Mark. What's your thoughts on this one? You witnessed Winnipeg going went. through this. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well. 
We, we've all spoken highly of your Calgary Stampeders. What's your thoughts on free agency like this? Have the Toronto my, Argonauts my done it? Have they done it right? Well, they have, they have found some pieces, but the most important piece of all, quarterback, they didn't spend, they didn't spend money on. You think about free agency, okay? Edmonton, Calgary, BC, none of them had quarterbacks. They went out and signed quarterbacks for big money, and that makes them the front runners automatically. Okay, yeah. you can sign as many pieces of, as you want. If you do not have a quarterback, you're screwed. It's yeah. that simple. It's a quarterback-driven league. Okay, the only reason I give Hamilton an advantage over anybody else in the East is because Jeremiah Mazzoli, and I still don't think he's an elite quarterback. He's better than anything that's there. It's that simple. And he's, okay. he's been in the system. That's correct. That's he knows correct. it. And once again, I mean, you know what? This will be a perfect year. And I'll talk a little bit, tiny little bit about Calgary because we'll get to see it a big way this year if it's the players or the system. Yep. Because... You know, Derek Dennis left Calgary, and he sucked in Saskatchewan. So it was the system. Mika Johnson, I don't think he's going to suck in 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 uh, in uh, Saskatchewan. Jagarin Davis, I don't think he's going to suck in Hamilton. But let's but they're see. different positions. They're more individuals. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Where Derek yes, Dennis is part of an O line, which. You know, it, it, it's not one piece of an O-line that works. you got one weak you know, link maybe, in there, and it has problems. Maybe, maybe Mika Johnson will be just as, as successful in Saskatchewan because he's got Charleston Hughes there, and you got to pick who you're going to stop, okay? So, but the most important position is quarterback. I, I hate to say it because I like defensive players, but it's quarterback, man, that bottom line. Bottom line, and I, I look at Ottawa, and you say, guys, don't count out Ottawa. I still don't think they have a good quarterback. So, well, I know they have a good quarterback. To, uh, it's whether or not he's going to perform. Well, that's I've seen exactly him be a good it. quarterback. Okay. Absolutely. Um, in the interview I listened to this week with uh, Manny, he said. JJ was great when he was on, and him when he wasn't on, he was awful. And you can't argue with that because it's the truth. Oh, so you don't have to be a foot, football player or one of his teammates to know that one. Just watch no, TV. No, no, that's right. That's right. But yeah, so and you know what? With any team and free agency, it's also if the players gel. And I don't know if. You know, uh, I am the best player, guys. If you got a whole team of them, if they can make a decent team, it's hard to say because you still need the lunch bucket guys. Okay, the guys who don't think they're superstars. So we'll see. I mean, it, that's the best thing about the CFL. We never know till the season starts. Yeah. Charles, 
You've been quiet for a long yeah, time. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of like everybody else. That it, um, it's all coming down to quarterback. Although I think uh, a close second is how the defenses play. And um, I'm still going to give I, right now. I'm still going to give Hamilton uh, the benefit of the doubt there in terms of defenses. I think they're a better defensive team. And quite frankly, based on last year, I take uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli over anyone that Toronto can put out there and anyone that Ottawa can put out there. Sorry, Jonathan Jennings. We know guys like Jennings and James Franklin. They have the ability to have big games. They also have the ability to have crap games. Um, I mean, I sure you can say that about every quarterback, but they're uh, even more so, I think. So, um, right now, I think you got to say that uh, Hamilton has the best uh, shot. I think Toronto is going to be improved over last season. I mean, let's face it, they can't get a whole lot worse as it is. Um, they will be better. But um, really, um, I do think Toronto is closer. I don't think they're that level. And I really want to see what Hamilton will do now under... Um, oh, Jesus, why am I drawing a blank? Orlando Steinauer as head coach and what differences he brings in. And also now with June Jones uh, stepping aside as head coach and just being uh, offensive coordinator, if he's going to throw any new wrinkles in there with Jeremiah Mazzoli. But, um, yeah, I'm interested to see. But right now, if I'm handicapping the East, Hamilton's still my favorite. I know Toronto has added some good pieces. And one thing that's kind of surprising to me, it got pointed out by a couple other people, is that Toronto has gone out and now they have five running backs on their roster. Is that an indication that they've soured somewhat on James Wilder? Didn't have a great year this year after the whole kicking his feet until he got more money last season. So it's interesting that they went out and signed a whole bunch of running backs to me, but... We'll see how that shakes down. But if it, right now, if I'm the East, I'm picking Hamilton still. Okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I I don't think they're that good, and I don't know if everybody else is that bad. I want to compare the Hamilton Tiger Cats to the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I can't. And the reason why I compare them is because they both have their quarterbacks in place long-term. They've been there before, and they're going to be there in the future. That's why they signed all of their teams in free agency, got the most amount of players signed in free agency because they didn't have to worry about the quarterback position. Every other team in the league had to worry about the quarterback position. Every team. There was no exceptions. Okay. So it was just Hamilton and Winnipeg. Now here's the difference and why Hamilton may be the front runner in the East and Winnipeg, I don't believe is the front runner in the West. The difference is, is because in the West, there were some amazing teams 
especially the Calgary Stampeders, who have lost some pieces, yes, but they still have the team in place. I think BC got better. Edmonton uh, did Edmonton had to have got better, even though maybe not at the quarterback position. Saskatchewan had to get better. We can't necessarily say the same thing about the East, or we can't prove that we're right about the East. Montreal doesn't look like they got better. Did Ottawa actually take a step backwards? And Toronto still doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, their defense got better, amazingly better, but... They still don't have a quarterback. As Will points out, that's kind of important. So they're not really the same thing where Hamilton is the front runner because of the consistency at quarterback. And the consistency at quarterback doesn't make Winnipeg the front runner. Although a lot of people, especially Winnipeg fans, believe that it does. I've got to get Jared on this show. It's going to be so much fun. Okay. Let's step on. We're running. We're not running out of time, but hey, let's do it. Um, next season, the CFL will again begin the regular season one week early, with the Grey Cup being in the middle of November. Is this a smart idea, or do they risk going head to head with the Stanley Cup playoffs? Why are we changing things that don't need to be changed? Charles, take over. We can't hear him. <laughs> you can't hear him? I think can't he gets dropped off or something. Who? Christopher, CJ, you there? I'm here. You not hear me? Okay. I Am I him. being heard? Do you guys hear him? Yeah, now you are. Did, did Rant okay? Did you guys hear it? Yep. Well, I don't understand. I don't you understand. cut out on me. Oh, okay. I, heard I don't understand fine. why we are changing the league, why we're changing the season. Why would you do this? Somebody, take over. I don't care who. Chris, tell me why they would do something so ridiculous and stupid. Well, I mean, I my initial reaction to it is is that it was requested by the fans to change to change the time to try and get away from the cold. I, I I don't think they're ever going to accomplish it because you can't move it enough to not have it in November when it's cold. <laughs> and um, I, I again, like I said, I, I think when Ambrosi took over, there was a huge – he did that tour, and I, I think on all the sites and all the broadcasts and everybody was talking about that they, they wanted that the season to be earlier and end earlier – and I think it's something he heard that he decided that if he followed through with would make him popular, and he's doing it. And, I mean, adding the extra weeks of breaks is probably good uh, for player safety. Gives everybody that time to heal up. Um, starting the season earlier is great because I get to watch football that much earlier, as long as they don't cut into preseason too much and they have the same preseason. And... Uh, as for when the Great Cup is, would it does it make a difference if it's the end of November or the middle of November? It's November, so it's going to be what you get. So I don't, I don't mind it so much. I don't take the stance of why I mess with it if it ain't broken as much as you do, Christopher. But I, I, I don't, 
I take from it what it gives that is good and the other things about, you know, conflicting with the Stanley Cup and all that, like whatever. I, I mean, you're going to either watch it or you're not. And, and um, I don't know. I, I don't – there's some benefits to it, so I don't totally hate that they're changing it. I'm not a, a traditionalist where we want to keep do something just because it's always been done that way. I'm not much – I don't fall into that. I, I just want to see a reason for it, and I, I, I think that the reasons – the reason that to make it him popular because that's what people wanted isn't a good reason, but there are some good reasons to do it. Trying to move it up into no, out of the cold weather in November is ridiculous because it's never going to happen. But giving an extra bye week to the teams is not a bad thing. It lets them heal, like I said. And, and yeah, starting the season is, well, if it starts three weeks earlier, then great. I get to watch football three weeks earlier. <laughs> but it's going to finish three weeks earlier. Okay, uh, uh, two, two, two points on what you brought up, okay? If we put in an extra week to give the teams an extra bye week for player health and safety, I'm all for it. But when you create a schedule you did last year when all three bye weeks are before week 10 for the BC Lions and they don't have another bye week from week 10 to week 21, how is that helpful to player safety? It's not. No, no, and I mean that's obviously that's there's there's it's the to say that you're going to do it for that reason it needs to have more thought put into how you actually schedule them. I agreed. I mean it was it was stupid last week. I mean it was. Okay, now my second point is is I'm not necessarily set on keeping things the way that they are for the simple fact of keeping things the way they are. I have always been a, a proponent of moving the season the other way. I would rather have the Grey Cup in January, very similar to the Super Bowl. Hmm. And, yes, I'm an idiot in this regard, but here's my reasoning for it. You play the entire season starting in May, June, July, August, September, October, all nice fair-weather months. A team builds their thing around a fair-weather season. You get to the playoffs – And it becomes nasty. Now you have to change your entire game plan, your footwear, your your play calling, everything, because the weather's changed. I'd love to see far more of the season to be in ugly weather so that when it comes to the playoffs, there's no adaption. We're just continuing on. There's my philosophy on how we should change the season. I don't really care about the fans sitting in the stands. They're going to be there or they're not. And, you know, everybody's argument is, well, you know, Winnipeg is minus 40 in January. Yeah, so's Green Bay, and they hold playoff games. They don't have the Super Bowl there, but they still have the playoff games in, in Green Bay or in Minnesota or in wherever. So, you know, the the argument doesn't work with me that it's so much colder in Winnipeg because it's just as cold in Green Bay. And they still have playoff games. They still have regular games in December. And they still get attendance. But to play an entire season in in the heat of the summer and then come to the playoffs and have a totally different game because weather dictates that, how is that fair to a team that achieved greatness in the regular season and fails in the playoffs? Is it fair? 
I'd rather see the, the, the season not start till Labor Day. And if you don't start the, the season till Labor Day, right, instead of July 1st, September 1st, move it two months. What happens then is we don't lose all the people that don't go to the games because they're on holidays. How many games did Mark miss last year because he was at the cabin? He's out camping somewhere. Thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people are out at the cabin or out camping or out on holidays or going to Disneyland, going somewhere else when the football season's on. Yet they all come back to town on September 1st because the kids all have to go back to school. And we all get into another routine, and that's when football should start. That's when hockey starts. There's my philosophy on how you change the league, how do you change the season. Chris, you've gone. Charles, what's your thoughts? Moving the season ahead ahead a week. I'm more in the favor of leaving it where it is. I think it makes sense. You do it, and I don't mind. I like having football to go to in the summer. I think it's – I enjoy it. It's just one of those summer things – it has been since I was a kid. Uh, it's always been a summer thing for me. Um, I think, personally, uh, I would just leave it the way it is, start the season, you know, last week. I was always, uh, it was always my thought that you, sh- you should start the season on July 1st, wherever you are, because, you know, Canadian Football League, Canada, it just seemed to fit. But if we're going to do it, I mean, do it towards the last week of start, last week of June, and go to the third week in November. I mean, it's been that way the whole time. We did it last year, and teams have three bye weeks. We don't need – football teams don't need four bye weeks, all right? We have three bye weeks. I think that's more than enough. We don't need to go to four bye weeks uh, just to – I don't know. I mean, I don't think – hell, football – teams used to go with no bye week. So I think we're doing pretty well with three. And to me, I just think, hey, it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I have not heard a lot of people saying move it up. I've heard some, but I've heard just as many say just leave it where it is. So I don't know. It's not, um, to me, it makes more sense to just leave it alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know why we need to um, um, to go with that personally. I, to me, I think, if it's up to me, leave it where it is. I think there's only one person you've ever said that wants to move it the other way. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that agrees with me. Uh, just my philosophy, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, here's where I, how I'd like to change the season, though. I'd like to see four preseason games. I'd like to see two games with rookies, no veterans at all. And the Definitely. last two games to be with the, seat, with the team put together. And this is the team that's going to hit the field on week one and let those teams play together for two weeks, home and away. And then they get to play together on day one of the season. Because personally, the first two weeks of the season is the first time that the team's got to play together. <coughs> so the, even though they count for points, and those points are fucking important at the end of the season, they're, they're preseason games. So I'd love to see two extra preseason games. I'd love to see four preseason games. Two with just rookies, like just testing out talent, and then two where the teams came together and played as a unit, and then we start the season. So you want the season to start earlier? 
Add some more games. Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you want more football? Here's here's what I think we should do. Okay, if you want to get out of the cold weather, you start the season the beginning of April. Okay, <laughs> which is fine. Okay, that'd be awesome for me. I like the sun, but my other thing would be everybody gets four bye weeks in October because I hate October games. October games are the coldest games of the year because they're always at nighttime in Calgary, okay? And it's freezing. I have no problem sitting outside on a Sunday afternoon in November, okay? Because the sun's out in Calgary and it's not that bad. But, I, I and I'm kind of like you guys. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the way it is, it's been that way since I was a kid. And, yeah, it's not a big deal in my mind. I mean, I don't know what else is on the agenda, but I'd really be more of a fan. They've been talking about uh, moving playoff Sunday games to Saturdays. I'd be a fan of that big time. Yeah. So, and I think we'd get more people, to be honest with you. And uh, I think you'd get I, more out of. Agreed. I think you'd get more out of towners as well, because they have yeah. all day Sunday to recover. So or, or get drive home. or whatever it is. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I'm more a proponent towards that. I don't care if they do the season earlier or later. It's only cold weather. Wear a hat. Okay. Okay. Who hasn't done this one, Mark? Yeah, I think just me. Um, like Will said, October in Winnipeg is better weather than November, by far. Yeah, no, Will, Will said the other way around. Said, October in Winnipeg is way better. It's far not better. In Cal- not in Calgary. October yeah. sucks but here. In April or early May in Winnipeg, they could be playing the first or second game of the season in a foot of snow. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg has the extremes of all the weather as we see with all the delay games that IGF has. Um, it really doesn't matter to me when they start the season because the weather's going to suck at some point regardless. I mean, I know Why didn't they put a roof on your stadium? Too much money. Host the Why Olympics to get away with all sorts of shit. Yeah, why didn't they put a roof on uh, the stadium in Regina? Too much money. There isn't enough return on investment. Because it would have looked too much like a toilet bowl. It already <laughs> does. There isn't enough no. return on investment for a dome stadium now. Winnipeg got a three-hour like thunderstorm a... delay in their season opener last year. Exactly. Can you get a big toilet seat to come down on hydraulics that would look like a big <laughs> slap to go down on top of that? Wouldn't that be cool? That's really about it. For me, it doesn't matter. It, I'm going to get crappy weather at some point. There's no consensus here. I, I, I'm I'm against moving the season forward. Chris, move it forward or not, yes or no? I went already, but I think you hit it on the nail. I know I you went. I'm just asking it. you a yes or no question. Yes or no? Oh. It's a vote. 
Move it forward? Uh, sure. Yes. I don't, I don't care. Will. <laughs> ding, 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 Will. Ding. <laughs> yes or no? Will? No. Okay. No. No. Mark? No. Charles? No. Christopher? No. Okay. We got four no's and a yes. Moving on. Also on a similar topic, the CFL is talking about moving their playoff games to Saturday to avoid conflict with the NFL. Is this a smart move? Well, we've already kind of touched this one. Uh, we all, I think we all think it's a great idea. I don't know anybody who hasn't said. There's a, a phenomenal amount of people out there who says we should not be changing what we do traditionally because of another league. We're not. We're changing it because it's the best thing for the CFL. I don't want to go head-to-head with the Stanley Cup playoffs any more than I want to go head-to-head with Sunday night football or Sunday afternoon football. No, we're going to change it to Saturday, and, and, and so be it. That's not a bad idea. The only thing I'd like to add about this is don't start the goddamn games at breakfast. Okay? Seriously. I mean, I, I know BC gets an advantage on Eastern teams like Montreal when they have to travel to the West Coast and we start our games at 7 o'clock at night, so they're really starting their games at 10 o'clock their time. Well, you're starting a game at noon back East. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. These football players are barely yep. out of bed at that point in time, and the worst thing is the bar's not open for the fans to watch it. Now, I understand that the games are happening in the East and everything's going on in the East and all we have to do is spectate on TV out West. But what about the crossover team that goes back? Now you're asking for this team to go play football at breakfast time. I don't think that that's a safe issue. Move the games up two, three hours. Be done with it. Okay. So you start the game at one or at three o'clock in the west. It's over by six. You start the game at three o'clock in the east. It's over by six. Right? Three-hour time zone difference. Why does? Why is this? Am I the, the, the only one that this makes sense to? Okay. What's your thoughts? Anybody got any thoughts on this, or do we just gonna move on? Let's vote on this. You want to vote on this? Okay. Playoff games on Saturday or Sunday? Will, go. Saturday, yes. Chris? Saturday. Charles? Yeah, I like the Saturday idea. I'd vote for it. Mark? Saturday for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm there as well, so that's unanimous. Now, here's the second question. Do you move the Grey Cup game to Saturday? Will? Nope. Chris? No. Mark? No. Charles? No, for a very specific reason. I I want to hear it. Go. Okay, because you've got the Grey Cup Festival. You've got the... you don't want to be starting it any earlier on Wednesday. It's typically a four-day schedule, a four-day uh, festival that starts on Thursday night. It builds to a crescendo 
to Grey Cup Sunday. Uh, to me, I think the festival has become such a, uh, and I was at it last year, it's become such a big event. Okay. I, I, we just lost Charles. He just like vectored off into the twilight zone. I have no idea what happened to him, but I'll bring him back. So give me a second here. Um, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything Charles says, 100%. The only thing that I have to say about that, and I did have a point, and uh, oh my God, I forgot all about it by now. I, it, 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 it's break up Sunday. <laughs> Well, why is it okay to compete with the Grey Cup against the CF, uh, NFL, but it's not okay to do the playoff games against the NFL? Hi, you've reached 604-855-88. Got that one out of there in a hurry. I don't know what happened to Charles. He hasn't said anything. So, um, Yeah, I think it's kind of unanimous. It's Grey Cup Sunday. Don't mess with it. You drooped. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> What's drooping for you, Charles? <laughs> okay, we're going to place him in the screening room so we don't listen to Anne-Marie. Do you think he was talking all the time you were trying to phone him? <laughs> yes, I do. Are you there, Charles? I'm here. You, you got to let me open your mic before you start talking. Yeah. Right. You yeah. probably just kept talking even though you weren't there, right? I did, yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden I heard beep, 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 beep. I'm like, oh, nobody's listening to me. No, no. I hate it when that yep. happens. Yep. Yeah. So we're all agreeing we're going to keep it on Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, the, the other point that I'd like to arg- uh, put in on the Grey Cup Sunday the Vanier Cup is Saturday. Right. Okay? It's just not fair. You can't move that to Friday. There's too many people that have to travel for it. Mm-hmm. No. Great Cup stays where it is. This, oh, here you go. The CFL is working with youth sports to align the Grey Cup and the Vanier Cup to be in the same weekend. The real question here is why the hell is it not already done? Well, I agree that it should be on the same weekend, but it needs to be in the same town. Yeah. Okay. It it was 2011. The Banier Grey Cup was at BC Place. The next day, it was the Grey Cup in BC Place. Okay. We went to both games. It was awesome. So yeah. And if it I, was at the same, if it was at the same time and in the same field, I'd go to both games as well. I would too. A lot of people would. One day apart, right? Sure. Makes and I sense. mean, I'm thinking you might even get you might even get twenty five, thirty thousand people at one of those games at the sorry, at the Vanier Cup in Vancouver, 2011. You got thirty thousand for the Vanier Cup when it was in the same city. There you go. That's a cool. Well, that's a cool. You know thing what? You buy a guys. Grey Cup ticket for three hundred bucks. You get to buy a Vanier Cup ticket for thirty bucks or whatever it is. Uh, the sure. two of them come together. Why not? Yep. And that just yeah. adds to the the festival and the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, why isn't it done already? Is the best question tonight, Charles. Yep. Why the hell is it not already done? Okay. Moving on. Tie cats. 
Offense of coordinator June Jones called the Hamilton quarterback Jeremiah Mazzoli the best quarterback in the CFL. Is there any argument anywhere in the universe that makes this statement even remotely true? Well, this is the man who said that Johnny Manziel will be the best player in CFL history. He has no credibility. Zero. Nilch. Ain't gonna happen. You know, I think there's one week there's one week a year where June Jones is off his meds <laughs> and he says silly things. Okay, it's that simple. Wow. Why isn't Hamilton paying him $750,000 a year? He's the best. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I got a question. Speaking of Hamilton, since we've talked about them so much tonight, where is Kent Austin? Is he gone? He's, got, he's gone. He's, he's a coach, is manager in an NCAA team. I was going to say, isn't oh, is he, he coach down in the NCAA? Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, fingers are typing right now. Offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Liberty. Okay. And what is Liberty? Uh, Liberty Flames football. Oh, is this an AAF? No. No, no. It's a top-level NCAA Division One team in Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay. Does that answer your question, William? Yes. Okay. He's out of there. And from what I understand, so is Eric Tillman out of there because he is going to be the director of football operations for the Atlantic Schooners. <laughs> sure. Sure. For some of these stories, we need to add a laugh track. <laughs> like Jeremiah Mazzoli is the best quarterback in the CFL. Atlantic Schooners. <laughs> okay, Charles, you're good. You you do that. Go find me a laugh track. Put it uh, on I've the thing. I've got to find we'll, a laugh we'll track. Okay, you, you've got you've got the console up there. Yeah. You put on a laugh track. We can ditch a, a bunch of things that are on there. I haven't figured out how to delete anything off of that. Mm-hmm. I can move them around, but I can't delete anything. There's a lot of things I'd like to delete off of here, like Kelly's music mm-hmm. and Benny Hill. I, like I never like Benny the, Hill. One. I never liked Benny Hill, ever. Never liked the show. It was dumb. Okay. The last segment here, Brennan Bridges finally found a new home. He is signed with the Toronto Argonauts. Is he destined to be a backup his entire career, or is there still potential there for him to be a starter? Was there ever potential for him to be a starter? No. So there's no potential in the future. He's got happy feet, and he can't read defenses can't read defenses he doesn't wait for the third read he just takes off with his little happy feet that is not a starting quarterback that you want on your team nope I would rather have Bo Levi Mitchell throw it into the stands or Anthony Calvillo I hate quarterbacks with happy feet Your thoughts, Chris? Brandon Bridge. 
he a starter in the CFL? Is he capable of starting in the CFL? Or are you surprised that he actually got a job? I'm not surprised he got a job. I, I don't think that writing him off at this point in his career is, is I mean, look at, I mean, people keep giving Willie a chance and we know he's horrible. I mean, I, I still think that bridge brings a tangible to the field. Um, he's very we've limited. We've seen Drew Willie play amazing football. Not for a long time though. No, not, not for, for a long, long time, time, but we did see it that we saw that potential in him. We've never seen that for potential in Brandon bridge. Well, I think he did decent when he came off in relief of Kevin Glenn. And I mean, decent is not amazing. There. Well, no, but I don't think Willie was ever either. I mean, there was he was only a backup when he got recruited and, and, and never went on to do anything. I mean, I, I either way, I mean, I, I think it's too early to, to write him off. I mean, I, I, I would have been happy to see him land in Calgary, to be honest with you. I, I or an Edmonton, I I think that he has some skill sets, and I'm not totally prepared to write him off yet. And and is he a starter? No, but could he be a starter? Well, I I don't know. I I I mean, I hesitate to. I mean, not that he reminds me a lot of Darian Durant, and I mean, lots of people love Darian Durant. But some people don't think he was that good of a quarterback. It's how your stance goes, but he mean he did start and he did win a Grey Cup, so. I mean, so did Marcus Crandall, right? Like, I mean, it happened. So uh, if the right situation aligns and, and he matures enough to actually put time into the game, I think he could do something. But I, there's a lot of ifs and buts and candy and nuts okay. and all that, that they, they say, right? But I, I, I'm not ready to write him off. I, I do not mind him as a player, and, and I would like to watch him a little bit longer. If he doesn't round into anything he doesn't round into anything but he's not he's not a write-off yet he's not somebody i would just say no i'm not I'm surprised he got a job I, I i was thinking he was going to get a job it just as a backup right now okay so you have three quarterbacks on your football team correct yeah for the most part your number yeah. one starting quarterback is the person who you believe will win a great cup for you right that's yes. the position that's why you have them there your number two position is somebody who has to come in and play football if your number one position goes down. Okay? Yep. Number three is a quarterback that is in development to potentially jump over top of number two and take the number one position. Mm-hmm. Okay? Very few number twos become number one. A lot of number threes become number one. Yeah. Okay? There's exceptions out there. Okay, Mike Riley, James Franklin, whatever. James Franklin hasn't really come to that reality. But there, that, there is exceptions to that. But the majority of the time, it's the number three who becomes the number one. Yeah, okay? I agree. So you said that you would, would not mind Brandon Bridge being signed by the Calgary Stampeders. And you're a Calgary Stampeder fan, first and foremost. Would you mm-hmm. be comfortable with Brandon Bridge leading your team if Bo Levi Mitchell got injured? Well, as a, as a secondary quarterback, no, 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 I would no, say, no. Second play of the season, he blows his Achilles tendon. Bo Levi Mitchell's gone down and out for the season. Are you now comfortable with Brandon Bridge running your offense for the rest of the season? Well, what happened to Ricky question. Ray last year? Yeah, I, I understand that, but, but nobody in their right mind is going to say that they're comfortable with their secondary quarterback running there for the entire season. It's a risk you're going to take, and it's a risk that the game presents. 
But, I mean, your secondary is meant to be a person that you hope can win half the games they go in for while your starter goes. And if you lose your starter for the entire season, you know you're in for a bad season, and it's just the way it is. Nobody ever has a secondary quarterback, because if he's that good, he'd be starting somewhere. Ah. It's happened for very, very limited times and in very limited situations, but that's not, that's not a fair question to ask if you think, I mean, no, I don't think he's a starter right now, but I don't think Art Buckle's a starter. I don't think that uh, no, half the half the teams have no, started no, not that's disagreeing. In the but position. Last year, Edmonton Eskimos had Kevin Glenn as their second quarterback. I would be comfortable with Kevin Glenn coming off the bench and 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 playing football for the Edmonton Eskimos last year. But I would still only expect him to win half of his games because if I expect yeah. him to do better than well, that, honestly, then he should be my starter. Bridge is going to win half your games. Well, he did pretty close in, in Saskatchewan. You're- him and Kevin Glenn had a winning season, and he played just as many of those games as Kevin Glenn did, or as much of those games as they did. Not that I agree with the tandem system, but that's what Jones ran. Right? Like, I mean, and again, you're, you're, you're the one that always says that Calgary doesn't need a good quarterback. They're Calgary. They've got a good team. So do I think that Brandon Bridge throwing in a Calgary team could win? Yeah, I do. Because I think that, now, that he would run I'm and, and he's got enough accuracy. I'm, I'm, not yeah, de- no. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not debating you. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I asked you a simple question. Would you be comfortable with Brandon Bridge in your number two position if Bo Levi Mitchell went down on the second play of the season? That was my question. I'd be as comfortable, I'd be as comfortable with him as I would be with Arbuckle. There. That's the answer I'll give you. Because... As far as I'm aware, there's no. I haven't seen our buckle play either. I, oh. I don't see any upside to Brandon Bridge. I don't see him getting better. He is what you, he is right now. You get what you got. You get what you see. Where our buckle, we don't know what we've seen. We don't know his potential. We don't know his capabilities. His potential maybe is an X factor at this point in time, where it's not an X factor for Brandon Bridge. You can't read defenses where shit. What's your yeah. take on the situation? Brandon Bridge in Toronto. Good move? I mean, to me right now, he's number three on the death chart behind James Franklin and McLeod Bethel Thompson. That's not a good place to be. Um, like, I'm sorry, but I don't, yeah, it's supposed to be. But if at this point they're seeing Brandon Bridge as a development guy, uh, I think the ship has already sailed for him, to be perfectly honest. Um, I I need to see improvement out of Brandon Bridge uh, to think he's ever got a shot to be a regular CFL quarterback. I really don't think he's gotten any better in the last three years. I thought he was horrible last year in Saskatchewan. Um, I thought he was bad the year before uh, when he was in Montreal. I just don't see any improvement. I don't see um, uh, really any. Um, I don't see any reason to believe there's um, any reason for optimism with Brandon Banks. I don't. I just. I don't think he can read defenses. I don't think it's something that's going to come to him. Uh, I don't hold out great hope for him, to be honest. So. I mean, sure, have him there as the number three guy, but if that's the plan, because I honestly believe he's behind Thompson 
and James Franklin right now, that's not really a spot for him to be. They should be trying to groom a younger guy who might have more upside. Well, that's exactly what I said with Mike Riley, Travis Lule, and Brandon Bridge. I'd love to see Brandon Bridge as the third-string quarterback in BC. He's the short yardage guy. He's the brute that's going to go up the middle with the ball and get you that one yard and a touchdown. Right? He's that guy, and we want that guy. But we need a development quarterback. Mike Riley's 34 years old. Travis Lulee's 35 years old. We needed somebody to develop in that position. Ricky Lloyd, maybe. Okay? Um, that's why I didn't like the idea of Brandon Bridge coming in. Maybe it would, would have been good right now with Travis retiring. But I'm still not comfortable with him being a number two guy because I don't think he's capable of coming in off the bench and setting records. I mean, no. Travis in the secondary position is the ultimate thing for in this league. Who else would have a better backup? Will, would you be comfortable with him in the number two position in Calgary? You know what I would do with Brandon Bridge if I signed him tomorrow? I'd make him a wide receiver. That's what I'd do. Brad He's Sinopoli. got great wheels. He's got great wheels. He's a good athlete. He's never going to be a starting quarterback in the CFL unless, and, and you know what, in his, in his defense, maybe if he was on a team and I've said this about uh, JJ in, in, in Ottawa, if he was on a team that had coaches that would develop their quarterbacks and teach them, he might get better. But I think he's always, he always thinks run first, pass second. And I, I, some guys, you just can't break that. And would I be comfortable with him as the backup in Calgary? Not a chance. I would rather, I would rather see an Arbuckle who's in their system and they, they actually cut him twice and they've brought him back. So they must see something that fits into their system. I don't think Brandon Bridge is a guy who fits into their kind of system. Just me talking. So, I like your idea of him becoming a wide receiver, but I'm not sure about that being the position. Isn't he more of a slot? Or back? a slot back? Or a slot back? He's yeah. huge too. Yeah. Okay. He's a he's a slot. He's a and, Jason Claremont slot back. And, and he's got wheels. We've ben seen Cahoot. wheels. He's got wheels. So. Oh shit! There's only 90 yeah. seconds left in the show. Um, okay. Anybody else want to? Anybody else want to say anything about Brandon Bridge? Well, we still got still got thirty seconds to talk. Mark. The only thing the only thing I was going to say, Will did say actually, is you look at who Brandon Bridge has played for, Montreal and Saskatchewan. Not exactly nope. hotbeds of offensive capability. Nope. Let's see how he is. Not on fair to him. That, Agreed. Not no. fair to him. Maybe on a team with a, de- a decent offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, maybe they can find something in the kid. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Yeah, but that's not maybe Toronto. They can find something. Well, who knows? Okay, who i got to end this episode. Okay, guys, sorry. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 311. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and it's been an honor and a pleasure talking football with my dear friends. And I'll let them all say goodnight. Mark, go ahead. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in a week. Chris. Good night. Talk to you guys next week. And William.
Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And Johnny Manziel, have a great life. Yeah, goodbye. Flush the toilet. Um, uh, Yeah. Next Thursday, everybody. Meet us here, same time, same place. Cheers.